Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Robert Yeager and the Tao Foundation. This show is an encore presentation of the Faith Middleton Fuchmoos. Hope you enjoy this second helping. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, inviting you to eat, drink, and be merry with us. We're in our culinary studio, we call it, at the Big G Gateway Community College in downtown New Haven. Five kitchens. Gigantic <laughs> Love kitchens in their culinary program here at Gateway. And we have the use of all of them on this show. It's an absolutely remarkable experience to be here and to be with these students and this faculty. It's an unbelievable place. Very exciting. Okay, my treasured food buddies are here, plus our returning special guest who does food that just knocks me out. The treasured food buddies, as you know, senior contributors Chris Brasberry, Alex Province, Mark Raymond. We have senior producer Robin Doyen Aiken here, and our guest returning. Drum roll, uh, please. Yes, Prasad. <laughs> now, I always say Chernumula, but when you say it, it's a little different. You say Chernumula. Chernumula. I got to learn it. I got no mula. Chernomula. <laughs> That's a good way to remember. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay, so um, Prasad Chernomula is chef and owner of a restaurant at Blueback Square in West Hartford. It is called India. I'm a little mad at West Hartford because they stole him from New Haven. Oh. And he is now in this fabulous place. And the food that this man makes is so incredible. Honestly, it is the best Indian food I've ever it had is. in my life. Don't Thank don't you. worry, Faith. We're taking good care of him up in the northern parts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, Alex? He's two minutes away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't you worry. Killing we got me. this. Absolutely. <laughs> we were, we, we got takeout last Thursday. Yeah. I'm so angry, honestly. <laughs> Hopefully anyway, come back we're to lucky Haven. he's on the. Oh, okay. He's. I'm lucky. We're lucky he's on this show. You know, we could make a space for you right here in the studio. <laughs> you know what? That's not a bad idea. <laughs> in one of those five kitchens. Yeah. Oh yeah. We could call it a pop up, and we could do. Yeah. A thing oh yeah. There okay. you go. Okay. I like it. I like um. It. All right. Hey everybody. Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> we're kind of going to go kind of India crazy on this show. You know, this is we like to do different cultures on the show and experience the food. That's the way we eat now, and we. We learn about things. Now you go into like a major supermarket and they have aisles that say, you know, this is the Indian section. This is Britain. This is all the Asian, you know, Chinese one. This is how we International. Eat. Yeah, international. Yeah. It used to be a small area called yeah. international. Yes. Now <laughs> Whole there are aisles, aisles in supermarkets. We're going to feature later in the show this cookbook. It's called Bollywood Kitchen and it's about Indian recipes that you can make but very accessible and you can make in your own kitchen very easily probably from what you've got in the pantry and then an explanation of all the most popular Bollywood films 
We're going to talk all about it. We got the little music to get you in the mood. But anyway, so that's coming up, including these Bollywood burgers that are going to just knock you out. Amazing. I know. Mm-hmm. All right. So a couple things I want to do. First, I want to talk to Prasad a little bit about how he just made us a dish cool. in one of the kitchens Calm. here at Gateway. And we all stood and watched. Videoed and it. Was it. So we videoed <laughs> let's, let's it. Let's put I don't that know. video on Facebook. Well, yeah. we're going to try to okay. see if we, you know, how does it come out? Did it come out? <laughs> might make you like. Quality level. Might, might make you travel shady. sick if I well, move the camera too much. You know what it is? Whatever. We had to put the overhead fan on. It, so it was, was loud. so loud. You can't quite hear Prasad saying what it is he's putting in the pan. One thing after another after another. I think I got another. him. You do? Yeah. Okay, I'm okay. with you. We're going to put it up there, Alex. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, Chef Prasad, um, what part of India are your parents from? They're from uh, Hyderabad, India. Uh, southern part of India. Hyderabad. Yes. Okay, southern. So is that near Kerala where the seafood comes from? It is pretty much down south where you have Kerala, Tamil Nadu, and uh-huh. uh, uh, Hyderabad. And also, Hyderabad got its own Tollywood. Now, you heard about Hollywood, then Bollywood. Yeah. You have Tollywood. Tollywood is one of the biggest movie-making industry in India itself. So it probably... Closer, if not beats Bollywood, too. It's called Tollywood. It does not. I've never heard of this. It does, it does. Oh, my goodness. I see the pride in your face right now. I see see you looking kind of competitive, too. Yeah. (laughs) And and the food is fabulous, of course, from Hyderabad. How's the dancing? Of course it is. I do. I I love... Oh, from Hyderabad. From Hyderabad. So so you open Indian restaurants, and so you've got India in West Hartford. How did you decide... Which food? It would be like me saying I'm going to open a restaurant called United States Uh because we're talking about a gigantic territory in India, every piece different. How did you decide which Indian regions you were going to represent? Well, I mean, I first go with what I like because that's very important to me. if, If I can like the food, if I can eat the food, I think you can eat that too. So I like to go off the regular restaurant scene and say, like, you know what, I want to go regional this time. I don't want to go, like, you know, people only like tandoori chicken, and that's what I'm going to stick to. In fact, when I started my reorganizing menus, my own staff sometimes, my managers, it could be, they're like, Prasad, are you sure you're going to put your mom's chicken curry on the menu? Guess Mm -hmm. what? It is equivalent to any of the chicken tikka masala I sell now. My mom's chicken curry, it's on my menu, and it probably outbeats every single day. Now, and it's I, yummy. If, yeah. I, if I had to walk <laughs> yes. from New Haven to West Hartford to get to your restaurant to eat that dish, you I'm would. doing it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because, oh, my, I love. I'll I love, come and pick you I up. I love good. good you don't have to walk. Bicycle. You know what I like, too, though? Is I that could use the exercise. He does a cauliflower, a manchurian. Again, that's another region, right? So you get food from all over the place, and it's yeah. not your, your standards. And whenever I go there, I try something new, and I'm always yeah. blown out of the water. Yeah. It is by far like one of my happiest places. So you made a dish for us, and uh, there were about 20 containers on the counter, (laughs) big fry pan with some oil in it. Uh And one of your containers had blue crab. Yes. What were the other ones? I saw salt. I saw um, my favorite Indian spice, asafoetida. Asafoetida. What did you call Asafoetida. Asafoetida. Okay. No. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. And, yeah. and um, you it's had It's got onion. turmeric, red onions. It had uh, tomatoes. It had uh, mustard seeds, green chili, red chilies, curry leaves. Now, everybody, not many people know what curry leaf. They all know curry powder, which I don't use that in my kitchen, but curry leaf gives you a 
great flavor to that oil or whatever food you're cooking with. And I had some nicely chopped uh, garlic and uh, fresh chopped ginger. And you saw the dish, how quickly it was made. It was literally, if the prep is done, thanks, Chris, for doing all the prep. You know? <laughs> Five minutes. Uh, oh, not, yeah, not even. Just, just Literally five minutes. Just, it's fresh food. It's oh, yeah. nice. I mean, it's all made to order. Every single thing is cooked on that pan every single mm-hmm. time, freshly done. And that mm-hmm. rice you had, you brought us, was special I rice, always too. I always brought us rice. That's the great right. Tell us about the rice, because that rice My is favorite. heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, basmati rice to begin with itself is a great quality rice. But you cook it in rice. a different yeah. way, I right? totally do it different. Yeah. I'm from Hyderabad, and we okay. are kings of biryani. Biryani is uh, you take your either meat or vegetable or seafood, whatever you're trying to do, typically done with goat meat. Uh, You marinate with yogurt and spices. Mm. And you actually take that marinated meat and take the raw rice. So raw meat, raw rice cooks together. And it's like meal in one. You you steam it. You steam it. it, Slow cooked. Yeah. Yeah. Do I remember reading that that was the royal dish? They really were royal. It is a very royal dish. And it's a dish made... It's in one pot, whether it's vegetables, oh. beet, whatever you have. It's all you need is one dish. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it, man. Hmm. How did tandoori chicken become such a thing in what I would call Indian or Indian American restaurants? Why why did that become a thing? It's very popular in the northern part of India. You know, whether even typically even in Afghanistan and people you know countries like that. But India had this tandoori food, which you can literally take any kind of meat, whether it's uh, beef, whether it's uh, shrimp, fish, chicken, lamb. You marinate, skewer it, so its searing is done beautifully. It's like a yogurt marinade, maybe? A lot of that is yogurt marination, and some are not. And the yogurt breaks down the tissue in the the meat. The mango powders, what we use, Mm. and the seasonings, what we use. We all use all natural ingredients. But but it's the oven that's the The trick, right? It's that clay oven. Oven is probably the 50% on that. But remember, I came to your house for dinner one one time. It was one of the treats of of my eating life. (laughs) And Prasad has one of those in his house. You have one in your house? I still have it. I still have it. So he puts the the bread in the thing with the with the grab, in, right? yeah. I call it a grabber stick, and he's yeah. turning it around down there. Yeah. And then it came out, and you know, there it was I was just beside myself. <laughs> yeah. I thought this you is... stick your hand in that oven. You I'm do. blown away. Yeah, you do. How hot is it? Being in India, six hundred, six fifty, and then <laughs> these breads are done typically in uh, 30, 40 seconds, and non bread comes out of the oven, so fresh, you know. Wow. Love it. In West Hartford, you have that oven. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. So in New York. If I'm in anywhere near you, I go to. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I go to you. Um, if I'm in New York, where would you go to eat Indian? Well, food? I mean, I have a lot of friends, so obviously I do go to Lexington uh, area, Lexington Avenue, where there's mm-hmm. like it's an Indian, lot, yeah. Indian Hill, Indian I, spices. I, I call it Curry Hill. Curry Hill. So you have a lot of good restaurants. Over time, they change a lot. I mean, back in yeah. 20 years back, it was like one or two, but now you have like lines of restaurants. All of them are very good restaurants, but. I especially go to one in the Flatiron District, uh, which is a Michelin star restaurant called Janoon. It's owned by a good How do friend you spell of mine. J U N O O N. And Janoon means wow. passion. Okay. And the restaurant mm. is done with a lot of passion. Wow. And uh, the owner and the chef are buddies of mine. And cool. uh, we always hang out and a great meal there all the time. Nice. You know? Really? Oh, yeah. oh, oh, I'm yeah. writing that down. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put that all on right. the next to visit all list. Right. Well, yeah. we were dazzled by Prasad's. Instant fresh crab meal that he mm. did for us yeah. with these all the, the fresh. How simple? How simple was yeah. that? So it's it's called uh, moili, M O I L E E. 
And moili is anything, especially seafood, crab or fish or shrimp. And this dish actually comes from uh, Kerala. I have my own version of doing that. Mm-hmm. But you saw how simple that is, and the flavors are so good. So, the coconut milk in that makes oh, it really right. Oh, yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. So, you know, th- this is an interesting thing where I would say that the the – Overlap. if you start thinking about other cultures and how they do similar things. I love to do that. And I think, oh, this reminded me. When you were put, had 20 containers out, I thought, ah, I've seen Mexicans do this. Then I thought, oh, I've seen the Chinese <laughs> do this, where they're taking fresh things. Yeah. In goes the garlic. In goes the chopped onions. In goes the, you know. That the, layering of flavors. The French yeah. doing the. Um, the mirepoix. It just shows you we're all the same. Yeah. It is. Really, it is. food I, is one of those I say it's a spice trail because I even see yeah, it in but, Spain, but, it, and then it just kind of it follows a uh, spice trail yeah, but along. It's, it's more than that. It's We do all do it the same. It's funny yeah. because we fight, we argue, we do all these things. But yeah. really, when you watch someone cook like Prasad, we all you, love so, to eat. you're just like, wow, I do that too, and yeah. I don't do Indian food. But we are all the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting to see this you know, work yeah. this way and to break bread with other people yes. and to just sit around and try these flavors. Oh, it's most fun. So yeah. I have a question. My, so my friend John, my Indian friend, has a tin that keeps all the spices in. So when okay. he cooks, he lifts the tin up and then he uses a little spoon and then he sure. toasts. Is that like a family thing that people do? Like keep oh, a container? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, it was just in my Instagram uh, last week. So it's usually a stainless steel round container. And inside that, you have about eight to ten uh, small yeah. containers. And you open the cover and you have like your uh, cumin, coriander, garam masala, cinnamon, garlic, onion, peppers, chili powders, cayenne, whatever you need, turmeric. I mean, dry spices, whole spices. It's you like can, a color palette for an artist. I was just yeah. going to say it exactly is. that. Yeah. It's just like it's a painter's very palette. Very colorful. Yeah. Oh, wow. And he always puts it in the oil, and that always reminds me when I'm cooking at home. And I think about it, and I'm like, oh, I want to put some mustard seed in something. And then you, yeah. for us, where it's automatic, you'll just throw it in at the yeah. end. No. Or like the you cinnamon throw, stick. Yeah, is like you throw it in and you sizzle. fry it a little bit, and that brings out so much more flavor in yeah. it. But I'm intimidated. You know, I see you do it, and I think, well, that's the simplest thing in the world. I can do that. But if I'm on my own, uh-huh. I don't know. What will the mustard seed do? I don't know mustard seed enough because I'm not call from me. a culture. Call me. Call me. <laughs> or it starts to burn. One nine hundred Prasad. The new phone num- number. We're going live this afternoon. I think by the time she calls, it's like burn and smoking. Yeah. The alarm's going off. Prasad, help! <laughs> okay. All right. Let me tell you what's coming up later in the show. We're going to be talking to Sri Rao, who is the author of Bollywood Kitchen, where he combines simple. simple Indian flavors and dishes, and then says, here are Bollywood films to watch, and I'm a Bollywood fan, and they're they're amazing. So I can't wait to get to that. We've had our dreamboat, Prasad Trinamula, on the show, and we're going to talk in the next segment about how to order a bottle of wine at a restaurant. Do you get in trouble with this? I do. Oh. I really start to get anxiety about yeah. this. I usually get handed the wine menu, I'm and the, then yeah, I look at the same six here. people at the table, and yeah. I think, uh-oh. Do you always what am say, I gonna why do? me? No, <laughs> why do no. They hand, no I don't, to yourself. I always say, why are they always handing the wine list to me? Well, what are they trying I, to tell trying you? <laughs> <laughs> they want you to pay the bill. <laughs> <laughs> no, they want me to pick the wine, and it's. It, I want tips. <laughs> I want help. If you take the lead, you're getting the bill. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when 
and it. Oh, he ordered the wine. <laughs> he ordered the wine. Give him the check. See, maybe that's what it is. Fake. <laughs> We've got these. And especially when these... you have two hundred wines on the list, oh, I yeah. know. All right, and we've got these wine broker guys here, these wine experts, and we've got a couple of chefs here. And um, I'm the wine drinker, and I, I know a tiny bit about wine, so I'm going to put my two cents in. But we're going to try and see what we can come up with, at least my job, to pull out of you. How do we order a bottle of wine at a restaurant when the menu gets handed to you? So that's coming up. More mouth-watering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you will make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. We're online now at foodschmooze.org, and we'll be right back. Faith Middleton, just wanted to tell you it's great to have you listening and that you can sign up for a podcast, meaning a copy of the show, and we send it to you in your inbox so you can listen on your schedule. This is the way everybody's doing it now. Just go to our page, foodschmooze.org, and schmooze is spelled S-C-H like school. M-O-O. Moo. Like the cow. <laughs> Z-E. Foodschmooze.org. That's how Alex learned it. I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine brokers Alex Province and Mark Raymond, Prasad Trinamula, who is owner and chef at... India, yeah. the restaurant at Blueback Square in West Hartford. <laughs> it Our is favorite. Yeah. Die for. It really is. Okay, now listen, we're going to talk next about how to order a bottle of wine at a restaurant. But I wanted to just add one thing because coming up, we've got this Bollywood book and these recipes and mm-hmm. the Bollywood mm-hmm. films. Do you know, Prasad just told me, I didn't know this, that there are Bollywood film screenings on big screens. In various places in Connecticut. So that would be Manchester, West Hartford. Bridgeport. Bridgeport. For sure. All right. So how to order a bottle of wine at a restaurant. The reason I'm bringing up this topic is it can happen to me quite often. People hand me the wine menu because of what I do. And they, too, want help with wines. But they don't know that I run into the same kinds of problems Amen. that other people do yep. and i chefs do yeah, this i have the right? same trouble uh, even, i think we all do list. i think we all do uh, even as yeah. wine brokers you Absolutely. do right so Where so here's here's, here's a scenario let's say there are 300 wines on a wine list and they hand me the wine book and they say would you pick the wine i look around the table and i'm thinking uh-oh <laughs> Now, what would be a price point that they would all Mm. like? And so I'm suddenly looking around at faces, and I'm doing a calculation of, really, I do this, how much can this person afford versus this person? How much are they used to spending on a bottle of wine? Then I'm thinking, 300 wines? I don't even have Mm. a clue about half of these wines. What year was the good year for this Bordeaux or this? Then I think, what are you all having I'd like to match the wine as closely as I can to the majority of people. 
are you all having are you having fish you're having yeah. lamb you're having beef you're and having, then what do you do if it's all that if it's all different I'm, like I'm that then what do you I'm, do well i'm racing to the rosés and then people will go i don't like rosé <sighs> so how do you order a bottle of wine at a restaurant if you're just a regular person you're not an expert about this and you don't want to be embarrassed but you want to have something that tastes good what do you do there's different kinds of restaurants with different kinds of wine lists so a wine list that has 300 wines on them will most likely have a sommelier who's working the floor or someone who is responsible for inventorying that wine and keeping track of it and printing the wine list and, and keeping vintages it. and selling it. Their job is to come to you and, and ask these questions, what people are having. And then the hardest part is figuring out with a group of people and with a restaurant like that in a big wine book is how much to spend. Mm -hmm. And so I do a trick where I put my finger on a price point discreetly and I'll sort of mention to the sommelier or whomever's helping, I'm looking for a wine like this. And, I'll, <laughs> and what are you pointing at? The, the price. price point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So say $40 so or $55. Some of the big dollars. expensive fancy restaurants can have wines that are like two or $3,000 yeah. or wines that are 150 or yeah. 300 mm -hmm. and, and they're sort of reviewed by, you know, people, you know, look More at that obvious. wine list and say, oh, it's a great wine list because they have all these expensive wines. But the people who are building that wine list are probably drinking 40 and 50 and $60 wines and they will have them on that list. So maybe near Wall Street, they have yeah. wine lists like this. Okay, yeah. so let's just yeah. ignore that. This is just regular people. We're regular yeah. people and we're just going in with people maybe and we just want to have wine. How are you doing it? So maybe there's no sommelier. So no 300 wines on a list? No, Like a no. simple two-page. Reds, whites, rosés and sparkling wines, yeah, right? Yeah, perfect. For me, I think the first thing I do is I take a look at who I'm sitting with and I say, okay, let's just take all the, the highs and lows and what does everybody like to drink? Do you like Pinot Grigio? Do you like Chardonnay? Do you like Rosé? Do you like Cabernet? You do the I have no interview. problem get doing it. Yeah, I get active because you get into a group experience and you're 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 out to have a good time. Everybody wants to enjoy themselves. If everybody has a different opinion of what they want, then everybody can have a wine by the glass. Uh -huh. But if you really want to enjoy, it, maybe maybe we're going to start out with some appetizers. So we want to share a bottle of white. So I might suggest. After hearing the opinions of what people like, if they like crisp whites, instead of just having the, like a classic Pinot Grigio or a Sauvignon Blanc, maybe we look at something like a Chenin Blanc that's a little more interesting. Ah, now, or, now here, see, I think it's so hard for you to, to step back yeah. because you know what it means to have a Chenin Blanc versus a Riesling versus a yep. – so let's Charmaine. say we're with people who don't even know – they might know slightly. I, I like crisp whites or I, or they might know I don't like rosé. If you know nothing about wine whatsoever but you like food and you're going to a nice restaurant and they have a, a wine book, two pages, someone at that restaurant bought those wines and knows exactly what's in the book. And in today's day and age, there are no bad wines on people's lists. The industry is just too competitive. There shouldn't be old or bad wines. But someone in the restaurant, if you show even the smallest inkling of wanting help on a wine list, there is someone who's dying to come over and, and help you who proudly put those wines on the list. 
do you agree with me, Chris? I mean, you certainly have. I, I do, but sometimes I don't want that. I get the book, and even though I'm a chef, I get confused sometimes, and I don't want to have this long discussion about what I, I like Mark's approach, like asking everybody, but the, where do you go from there if you don't know? Say you're at a Spanish restaurant and you don't know, and they feature a mm-hmm. ton of Spanish wines. I don't. Sometimes I don't even know what the grapes are That's in some true. of these wines. That's so true. How do you even know where so to some... start there if you don't want to get into this long? But you don't want to have someone come help you. They hand me the list. We're having fun, and we just want to pick something and go. Here's one thing I will say: all wine lists will have different price points, and sometimes the best wines are going to be these outliers that are less expensive than the other ones that are have less of a recognizable name. And the only reason they made it on the wine list are because they're really good or the wine buyer, he or she, really loved it. And all of a sudden you go through and you're like, why is this $45 blank blank here? And it seems out of place. That will often be the probably the best value and I the want. most delicious wine. And if you can get to the person who built it, you can also say, I want to spend like 45 bucks. Do you have anything that's like you would buy? What would you buy tonight? And oh, they that's would always a good way have to a do it. But that, that's well, a great thing. But would you say that in front of a crowd? So or for price point, you? that's where I use my finger trick. To I'm the, looking at the book and, then and I'll say, point and I'm like, is, you know, is this good or is there something you'd recommend? And I'd have my finger on the 45, something like this. Ah. And it sort of points in like, what would you like that's kind of like this? It's a very discreet way. And then like all the that. person, whomever's helping you, knows that you want to spend 45 bucks. You know, help it narrows it in. So they're not saying back there, gee, we've got a lot of blank left over no. in our stock. Mm-mm. Tell them that. No. no. Or, we never, no. Have, so we going, never have a lot of leftover stock. So you're going by price point. <laughs> and Alex, I love your line. What would you drink tonight at this? And there's other sort of techniques that you can use. With whites, let's just break it into whites for a second. You have oaked whites that are have been in a barrel, and they have a creaminess to them. And like you always describe, Faith, as buttery. And I always think of those when I'm food pairing as butter. So I look at a dish and I think, would I put a dollop of butter on a chicken? Yeah, I would. And so those are the kind of wines that would pair. Then I think of the other kind of whites are crisp whites. And those, I think, have a higher acidity level. And I think of those as a squeeze of lemon. And then when Mm -hmm. I do a food pairing, I think, would a squeeze of lemon go well on on an oyster? Those are great tips. See, that's what I'm looking for. And all of a sudden, the whites are divided into half. But here's another thing. I was just thinking, Prasad, about you because depending on what cuisine you're having, I like Greek food. And I don't understand Greek wine at all, but Mm. when I have certain Greek whites, they're just gorgeous, very, Mm. very unusual and beautiful. So I'll go in the Greek restaurant. I go to this place called Hellenic in Greenport, Long Island, and I say to them, what? (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) And I say, is this better than this? They're unpronounceable, first of all. It's one of those T-X-Y. Sure, a lot of consonants. (laughs) Ends with tzatziki or something. So an Indian restaurant, here we go. We're relying on you to know the help us with the food pairing. We typically try to find out what they like. First of all, it also depends on the season of the year. Is it a hot day or a cold day? What kind of food are you eating? And we start with, you know, whether you like a white wine or a red wine. If it's a white wine, 
we kind of recommend into those uh, uh, semi-sweet Rieslings mm. to go with as a first course. Uh, with your spice. And you, you don't mean sweet. You mean floral, right? Floral, yeah. Floral. Fruit forward. Well, Fruit even, forward. But even a little bit of sugar, like what we would say is sweet if we were having it now, mm. go well with Indian food spice. because of yeah. spice. Yeah. So something mm. that you might at Curbs a dinner party, if you yep. were pouring, you might be like, this Riesling mm. is a little too sweet. Yeah. In an Indian restaurant, that would pair really nicely with heat because the, the sugar and the thickness and then the spice, they marry really nicely. So, See, these are all great tips. Yeah. This so, is all so, I needed. No, so, no. Chris, <laughs> just I, invite me. I'll because, go because of Prasad's Restaurant India, and I love Indian food so much, I discovered I was eating a dish in a restaurant, and I had pre-ordered a Manhattan. I'm trying to perfect oh, Manhattan. Look at Prasad's. He just, just lit up his face. This is Prasad's favorite cocktail, too. So I'm ordering that, and then I order this dish, and it has all these Indian spices. Uh, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to go to wine next. And I'm sipping this Manhattan, oh, oh my eating God. the curry, <laughs> and I'm thinking, Oh, the sugar, yeah. the sweetness, sweetness, the smokiness, yeah. the richness, the richness. It's that sweet, sure. sweet corn yeah. bourbon yep. with yeah. the Indian food. Uh-huh. Oh, it's Indian flavors, I should yeah. say. Oh my yeah. God! It's and also the a best. lot of good uh, buttery chardonnays. They go well. The buttery chardonnays, like ghee. Right. You're playing yeah. off kind of like exactly the ghee like idea the with butter. butter. Really, yeah, it does. One yeah. of the toughest things with with your food will be spice and red wines, like a Cabernet Sauvignon. Faith, we always talk about like tannins mm-hmm. and tannins are that sensation in your mouth like you're chewing on an aspirin sure. or a tea, tea bag, tea bag yep. so those don't pair nicely with spicy food they can have kind of like a, a strange feeling so going with wines that are soft in tannins yes. and more fresher Pinot Noir, fresher yeah. Pinot Noir yeah. or Grenache Grenache that soft doesn't tannins. have a lot of oak exposure soft sure. tannins for Indian flavors. See, now For that's spices. opposite yes. of what I would think. I would think yeah. spices are so strong. I need something powerful, muscular, like a Bordeaux or something. And so you're you're saying Bordeaux? the both of you are saying no. Mark and Alex, no. no. So Soft. think of tannins as as remember we say a cab and a slab. Cab have tannins and a slab of meat. So cabs uh, and tannins gotcha. love protein. Yeah, yeah. So if you're eating a big... But if it's spicy, you want to go more fruity, Spice sweet. is hard with tannins. Yeah, yeah. 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 So cab, cab, Cabernet is a pretty big seller with us. Well, Americans yeah. like Cabernet. Yeah. Though, it doesn't matter where you're drinking. But, but, but texture is yeah. also amazing because if I'm having Indian flavors... I love how the sparkling wines oh. cut the acidity, cut something in the spices, and yeah. so I start wanting proseccos or champagne or or an IPA think, or a good IPA. Yeah, yeah. Beer. okay, a good beer. Yeah, All right. yeah. you know, and another another quick tip though is restaurants will always have a server that if you sort of mention and, and don't come across as a know-it-all because the servers will will, you, <laughs> will oftentimes come There's over no and pour and, and pour you a little taste of something. Sure, yeah. So they'll say, oh, one. well, why don't you try this and this? What and, do you oh, think? I don't like it. And just ask you. We're human beings just ordering wine, as Mark says. Hey, and, yeah. you know, don't be afraid to say, I always say this, excuse me, how much is this a glass? Yeah. Yes. Because Don't be I know that restaurants, it's tough to have a restaurant, and there's a certain amount of upselling, and 
I don't want to pay 17 or $20 for a glass of wine. Sure. I'll have that wine at home, and it will be less money. I can't afford to live like that. So I'll say, how much is this by the glass? And Chris right. always teases me, but there are four glasses in a bottle. <laughs> so if you're with – honestly, if you're Wait with four people – I thought there were six. <laughs> no, there are no, four. There are four. <laughs> it's four. <laughs> four. Four six-ounce four, six four. Six glasses. So if you're with four people you and might you have look a bigger at a bottle, bottle. divide it by four <laughs> – yeah. That's your glass cost. Or a smaller glass. It's cheaper yep. to buy a whole bottle. It is cheaper. Okay. Oh, my goodness. I wish we could talk more about this because your expertise is unbelievable. Coming up, we have Bollywood Kitchen, the cookbook, and the Bollywood film thing. It's all paired together. It is really something. We love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers. We're ready to party with you online all the time at foodschmooze.org here on Connecticut Public Radio at the Big G Gateway Community College. We'll be right back. This is the Food Schmooze Party, offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island, the Hamptons, of course. Senior producer is Robin Doyon Aiken, and to hear this show on Connecticut Public Radio, it airs Thursdays at 3 and 9 p.m., and then Saturdays at noon, and we have our podcasts and what a crowd. It's always exciting, but I'm especially excited for this because this is a, a cookbook that will also be loved by people who like a certain kind of film. And I'm talking about the whole Bollywood craze, that is probably, yeah, we're all doing that dance yeah. in the studio. It's probably the biggest film craze in the world. So this cookbook is called Bollywood Kitchen, home-cooked Indian meals in this book that are paired with Bollywood films. So if you want to get to know people and culture uh, from all the parts of India, this is the most wonderful way to do it because the music is fabulous. The stories are usually so good. The people are beautiful. It's just the best. So we have the author of the book, Sri Rao. Welcome to the Fujimus Party. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, me too. So, you know, we're with Prasad Trinamula of the restaurant India in West Hartford. Um, he's like a knockout <laughs> Indian chef. And so he made us something, and we were also eating something from your book all together. It was the most fun. So can we start with explaining to people who might not know what the whole Bollywood thing is about? So Bollywood is the nickname given to the Indian film industry, the Hindi language film industry, and it gets its nickname from Hollywood in Bombay. So Bombay plus Hollywood equals Bollywood, uh, Bombay being the capital of the Hindi language film industry, now known as Mumbai. This is the largest film industry in the world. They sell twice as many tickets worldwide as Hollywood, 
They're incredibly popular, not just in India, but in all parts of the world, like Great Britain and the Middle East and Southeast Asia, and increasingly so here in the United States mm-hmm. as well. At my house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, because the movies are now available on Netflix and Amazon and iTunes, so they're really becoming much more popular and easy for people to watch with subtitles. Yeah, three. And these recipes are, you know, sometimes Indian recipes if you do them well, like a lot of other cultures, you know, like the French, and it can take a long time because you're toasting spices and then crushing them and doing... This, right. this is very approachable, I have to say. Yeah, the way that I cook at home and the way that a lot of Indian American families, particularly second generation Indian American families like myself, the way that we cook at home is much more accessible and easy because, frankly, we don't have time to do all of those complicated steps of toasting spices and bringing out the pressure cooker and, and grinding things in the way that my grandmother and aunts used to do it yeah. back in India. So. You know, the way that we do it now is by using ingredients that are readily accessible in your local supermarket. And chances are you probably already have most of what you need to make about 75% of the recipes in my book. Now, I opened the book to a particular page, and here is a picture of the actor Shah Rukh Khan. Yes, the megastar Shah Rukh Khan. You're right. So I look at Prasad and I said, even I know him. Every fourth or fifth person in the world probably knows him, right, Sri? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he is probably the most famous actor in the world in terms of sheer number of fans. Isn't this amazing? These Hollywood actors are are huge. And now these days, I mean, you're seeing them pop up on entertainment reports here in America, like on the Time 100 Most Influential People in the World. There are several Bollywood stars on that list. There's a woman named Priyanka Chopra who has crossed over to America. She's the star of the show Quantico on ABC. She's a huge Bollywood star. So Uh um, increasingly so people here in America are becoming aware of Bollywood and Bollywood stars. Who's yeah. the who's yeah. the woman actress Punjabi who no. Archie Punjabi, you mean from the good wife? Archie yeah. Punjabi. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh my god. <laughs> I was just berserk over her. I just thought, yeah. where amazing. have you yeah. been? She's a she's a British actress and she sort of was discovered in that movie Bend It Like Beckham, which was a yeah. um, a British movie that then that then turned into a, a musical. And I think this is all an example of as mm-hmm. our country becomes more diverse, we are looking for representation of characters and actors of all different colors and all different backgrounds. And so you're seeing a lot more Indian mm-hmm. folks pop up on your TV screen or uh, on movie screens. So I'll tell you in a minute about the movie that is considered one of these Bollywood films and I think was the very first one to cross over into American culture and American art houses. And it was the first one I saw. And it's one of my favorite movies to this day. We're going to come back to that because I feel like, oh, my goodness, I haven't even talked about one recipe. <laughs> so Chris Prosperi, we asked him to um, make your Bali burgers. Oh, wow. Great. Oh, my goodness. Yum. With so a delicious. mango salsa. So if you think big, fat, delicious burger but has a kind of tender inside because of all these gorgeous flavors mm. and spices and versus cooking. Um, <laughs> and then this beautiful cooling of the, the mango stuff. Okay, Chris, tell me how, yeah. how difficult well, was it? Well, first, like he said, I didn't have to go buy anything. I was like, it's a Bollywood book. I'm going to have to go to the Indian market. When I got the recipe, I'm like, no, I got all this. So can we just right, say, yeah, let me run, just run say, through it. so it's um, ground chuck yeah. and onion yes. and cilantro, minced garlic, yeah. uh, minced ginger, Easy. salt, coriander, chili powder, yeah. or you could use cayenne, That's what I used. ground mm-hmm. cinnamon, got that. cloves, got that. 
And then to make the salsa, and this is a salsa that I make too. Oh, it's heaven. And I put it on swordfish, chopped up tomatoes and onion, a little bit of mint, a little bit of chili pepper, some lime juice, mango, either fresh or frozen, chop it up, mix it all together, and it goes on top of the hamburger. All I can say is I didn't make enough mango salsa. You should triple the recipe because you're going to eat like most of it before the burgers even hit the pan. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, you did a great job with this recipe. And thank you, Sri, for allowing us to take three of the recipes and put them up on the website for our people. We've yeah, got absolutely. A whole thing about your book there too, because we want them to get as excited about this world as we are. And so this Bali burger recipe is up there at foochmoose.org. I want to have a Bollywood night now with friends, yeah. right? I got a big screen TV. I'm going to Yeah, I'm going to rent a couple Bollywood movies yeah. and then do food like this. Yeah. I think it'd be a blast. All right. Can we go to one Sounds more good. recipe before because listen, mm. This is what I would serve at my Bollywood party, masala-crusted salmon. So imagine a strip. Mm, That's one of my favorites, too. Oh, thick strip of salmon that has had all these spices on it. It gets a little blackened Uh um, from being against the heat. So simple. You're mixing together in a bowl paprika, cumin, coriander, tiny bit of brown sugar, chili powder, salt, turmeric, and lemon zest. And then you just rub this blend all over the uh, fish, nonstick skillet, put some oil in it, and boom, into the pan it goes. And then it gets this, like, blackened crust on it. But it's tender. (laughs) It's moist inside. Oh, yeah. We have this on the website, too. Because I I went that you made a mint chutney to drizzle on top of it because that really sort of seals the deal with that. (laughs) Um, Kind of gives it a cooling effect. I didn't make that, but I'm going to now that you're telling me. It's so easy. You just throw it together in a blender. It says yogurt and some mint and cilantro and some spices. It's a no-cook chutney that is really simple and, and delicious on that salmon. Okay. So the movie that I saw, the Bollywood film, that crossed over and made me just go nuts over this director is uh, Mira Nair's Monsoon Wedding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. lovely movie. I love I would encourage anyone listening to rent this movie. First of all, the opening credits, dazzling. The color in the movie is just, as usual, so amazing. And then the story itself. It's just so beautiful and deep and has troubling stuff in it. Also, the greatest love and, you know, it's about loyalty. It's just fabulous. Monsoon wedding. Writing it down. Yep. Okay. (laughs) So the actress who is probably, is she Khan's equal as the star of everyone knew her? She's just died. And that is Sri Devi. Sri Devi. Yes. She um, she was, unfortunately, we have to use past tense now, she was um, a superstar of the 80s and 90s and continued to be a, a major force in Bollywood cinema and in India in general because she was beloved by hundreds of millions of fans literally all over the world. When she passed away, it was headline news on CNN and, uh, you know, in the New York Times, in addition to, mm-hmm. of course, India being captivated and, and really struck with grief over her over her death. Prasad set me straight because I thought it was a typo because they said she was 54 years old yep. when she passed away recently, and she had 50 years of film experience. I'm like, that must be a typo because that would have meant she started at four. And Prasad was like, yeah, she did. She started at four. 
So you yeah, you have all seen her, and I think um, Sri, you describe her as being that person who, in her youth, was the curvaceous, yeah, beautiful, you know, sexy oh, dancer. She's and, absolutely amazing. I mean, she was the idol for so many people, and she's my age. I'm 54, so I grew up with her literally, oh. watching her on the screen from those young days of movies into, I mean, any movie teenage she crush. Did. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Isn't that something? Biggest crush. <laughs> okay, so so we're talking with Sri Rao, and it's S R I, Rao R A O. His book is called Bollywood Kitchen, and he has done uh, a kind of a genius thing, as far as I'm concerned, where he has matched up very accessible Indian recipes with Bollywood films, and we're advocating a Bollywood party is what we're doing. Chris and I'll cook. Yeah. Yes. And we'll keep our, fest. our hands so in the I'll air bring and dance. Listen, and I'll keep our hands in the air. I will Prasad walk is hundreds of miles I've seen to that. online. Sri, Sri Rao, you have to come to that party if we have that party. I, I would love to be there. Okay. And I also want to say on the topic of Sri Devi before we move on, one of her films is featured in my book, and it mm-hmm. was actually um, her big comeback movie. She left film for about 15 years to become a wife and a mother, and then she came back to make one little film called English Vinglish, which yeah. is such a delightful movie. And if you loved Monsoon Wedding, for example, if you like those kinds of you know, indie gems of films, English Vinglish is one to definitely check out. It's available yeah. on Amazon. Uh, she came back to cinema in, in full force and, and showed everyone why she was the reigning queen of Bollywood for so many decades. Oh. That's fantastic. So cool. I I, re- I will see that one next. So there's a recipe that we're also featuring on the site from your book because we liked it so much. And it's called – you should see the photographs with these, by the way. So really do go to foodschmooze.org. Chicken korma, which is a dish that people will know from their experiences with, with what I would call Indian-American restaurants. This is a lot simpler and, and healthier, I want to <laughs> add that as well. Yeah. So, um, so Greek yogurt, garlic, ginger, red chili powder, coriander, cinnamon, cloves, turmeric. You keep hearing the same kinds of spices, spices. coming up in the sa- you know, That's in right. the recipes, mm-hmm. and yet there'll be one outlier that kind of switches it up, right? And every dish has a little twist on it. Like, for example, in the case of the kurma, the kurma sauce, the thick um, yogurt, the creamy yogurt sauce is accentuated with raisins and sliced almonds. So the almonds give it an extra layer of richness and the raisins give it a little pop of sweetness. Mm. And so that really transforms and makes this dish taste entirely different from um, all the other dishes in the book. Yeah. When we say here, if we've never been to India, Indian flavors or India, it sounds like it's one little small place. And of course, there are, you know, just like the United States, these giant regions and the foods from all the regions, just like in the United States, are very different from the other regions. Prasad, you said some people's names in certain regions are unpronounceable to you. Very difficult, like Kerala especially. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is such a great walkthrough. These, you know, movies, when you watch them, you're seeing the heart of, of, of people in a very intimate way from a particular region. The storyteller is reflecting something from a place, and so it's such a great way to know a culture is this, this thing you've put together, Sri. I really love it. 
I'm really glad to hear that. And in regard to the diversity of India, that's absolutely true. All the different regions are very different from one another. The languages are different. You cross a state line, and they are speaking a completely different language that you don't understand. But the thing I'm trying to present in my book, though, is the idea that now here in America, for second-generation Indian Americans, there are certain things that are sort of tying us all together. You know, I was born here in Pennsylvania, and, and I've spent my whole life in America. And for those of us that were born here, we're not necessarily as concerned about where our parents came from in India. We're not as concerned as they were, for example, um, especially because as we're getting older, we're marrying people who are from different regions of India who are, in many cases, not even Indian. As a result of that, we're now able to sort of pick and choose the best parts of India from all the different regions of India and choose the parts that make sense to us and the foods that work for our American kitchens and the ones that we like the best. So in my book, you'll find that there are Punjabi dishes from North India, there are South Indian dishes, there are dishes that are more sort of fusion that are using American ingredients like the Bali burger that you talked about. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's really exciting is that now we're seeing a lot of those regional barriers break down and we're just sort of carrying forward the best of the best from India. It's like your own kind of fusion. For me, my mom always comes first uh, when I start uh, looking at food or thinking about food or whatever. So I kind of uh, still uh, like to go back to the roots and then I do that. But also I do, I do agree with Sri, looking at the regional cuisine, whether it's Punjabi cuisine or Southern Indian cuisine, Gujarati cuisine, Kashmiri cuisine. There's so many, so many foods you can do from India. You can go all over in India and you probably can come up with a million recipes. Oh, my God. I have loved this conversation. Really loved it. Um, So this is Sri Rao and his book is called Bollywood Kitchen. And it is a pleasure. And it is, oh, my God, so delicious. We were just eating this stuff. Thanks, Sri. And don't forget, we're going to do a Bollywood party and um, we want you to come. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for enjoying the films and enjoying the recipes. You're welcome. Bye bye. We're on WNPR Thursdays at 3 and 9 p.m. and Saturdays at noon. Weekdays, I hope you'll listen for my 60-second food schmoozes. Never eat more than you can lift. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. Hey, don't want the party to end? Well, neither do we. Talk with us anytime online at foodschmooze.org.